When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 125 of the Big Show, some Enforcer Based Podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Wednesday, wacky Wednesday. Got a really special guest for you guys today. It's actually part one of my two-part interview with Colt King. Uh, Colt was a Colt was a great guest, and I uh, had a lot of fun talking to him. Um, I was initially going to put it out as one interview, and then because uh, I'd had it, I, as we were recording, I you know I'd stop it and you know record it, and I in sections so when i put all the sections together and looked it was like a little over three hours and i was i didn't think we'd actually talk that long but uh yeah and i just kind of you know uh you know i probably could have put it out in one but um i don't know i've just been kind of uh trying some stuff here um i know normally i've had other interviews that have been two and a half 245 and 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 whatever and that's fine and they do well and stuff but um I think I'm going to try to streamline it down a little more uh, going forward. Um, we'll see how that works. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, hey, uh, for the regular listeners out there, tell me what you guys think. Is it just put it all out at once, or is two parts, or or what have you? I mean, let me know. I mean, uh, I mean, regardless, it doesn't really matter to me. It's whatever you guys like. But uh, I've been just kind of, I'm just trying to trying out something a little different here. So we'll do it in two parts. So. Uh, normally Wednesday is interview day, of course. And then Sunday, I, uh, I usually release like a, a solo episode, a rant shit show Sunday, as it's been commonly referred to as, but it's a rant episode where, you know, I'll just pick topics, maybe something that's happened during the week or, or what have you, or if I find an old article or whatever. So, you know, whatever. So there's no rhyme or reason to what I'm talking, what, well, there's probably no reason, no rhyme or reason to what I'm saying either, but, uh. No, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a potpourri show, if you will. A we'll, number of different topics come up from a number, number of different eras. So, um, 
But, uh, yeah, so I think, but obviously with this being in two parts, uh, today will be part one and I will release part two on Sunday. So definitely, uh, come back and check that out. Um, if, uh, you know, a lot of you guys are probably tuned in for the first time because of Cole King is the, is the guest. So welcome. Thank you for, for checking, uh, checking the show out. Um, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you come back and, uh, you know, I know everyone and their dogs got a podcast these days. So hopefully you'll, uh, you know, you enjoy what you hear here and, uh, and the fourth line voice can become a, get put in the rotation in your rotation and, uh, be on the, on the, on the playlist. But, uh, and for the new listeners, again, I, I, uh, I encourage you to check out my uh, back catalog. Um, I've had John Morasti on, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, uh, Clark Wilm, Roman Volpat, on and on. Um, for the UK fans out there, um, I've had Zach Fitzgerald on, uh, Jason Goulet, Matt Nickerson, uh, Joe Grimaldi, um, Riley Emerson, uh, Mike McWilliam. Yeah. Sean McMorrow. So yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of great guests that have, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm really proud of those interviews and I, I definitely hope you, uh, you check them out. Um, yeah. Other than that, if you're on social media, uh, fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook. Um, and the big one of course is my YouTube channel. Again, fourth line voice on YouTube. I have over 2,500 fights on my channel. From junior to pro, everything's sorted. So whatever league you're looking for, if you go to the little search engine, OHL, NHL, IHL, AHL, blah, blah, blah. It's all, it's all there. And, uh, I, I think it'll definitely entertain you for a while. And, uh, and, um, you know, definitely subscribe, you know, like and subscribe to the channel. And, uh, that way and you'll hit the little notification. And whenever I upload something, you'll, you won't miss a punch. But, uh, right now, actually, we're in the, kind of in the process of moving. So a lot of my, all my fight DVDs are sort of stuck in a Rubbermaid tub in my parents' basement right now as, as we're kind of clearing out our condo here. So, um, not a lot of stuff getting uploaded right now, but, uh, hopefully here we can sell this place and, uh, can get back at her here shortly. But in the meantime, like I said, over 2,500 fights. So it'll definitely keep you engaged anyway. But, um, yeah, guys, like I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented, so whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. And like I said, those guys are busy right now, of course, with the expansion draft going about to happen, and the, of course, the entry draft about to happen, and free agency, and blah, 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 all that fun stuff that's going on. Um, they're, they're, of course, uh, each individual show is covering it um, from the perspective of their of that team. So, yeah, definitely check that out. And then for my off-network friends, of course, I have uh, old... Jolton Joel Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Give her the Lazito is uh, an Islander enforcer based podcast. Um, he just actually speaking of UK, he just had Ben Wilson on, or Ben Wilson. Listen to me, I'm 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 still in the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament here. Um, he just had Ben Olson on, and uh, it was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. And uh, you know, of course, he played in the Western Hockey League, and then uh, in the North America and the American League in the East Coast, and then of course went over to uh, Europe and played in uh, Coventry. So that was a, it was a really good interview, and Ben told some great stories. So I definitely encourage you to check that out. And again, check out Joe's back catalog, uh, Mick Fakoda, Jason Straubwig, Aaron Bolton, Aaron Asham, great guests. And Joe's been around, like I said, he's, uh, you know, um, been involved in the game for a long time. Um, if for the older listeners, if you remember the bad boys books, the Stan Fischler books, what is there, four of them? Three, three of them for sure. I think there's four though. Um, Joe was a big part of those, helped, it was a big, did a lot of, uh, contributing to those um as well as the tough guy magazines back in the 90s and early 2000s so um you know for the older fans out there they'll definitely remember uh joe's work and uh yeah joe's a good dude check him out i mean 
King of Sta- King of Long Island, man. The guy's got his own merchandise and check. You know, he just came back on vacation. I heard he was out on the out on the uh, the boardwalk there, and 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 uh, you know, he's he's definitely out there. You know, rocking Coney Island in his uh, Coliseum Chronicle capris and uh, sun hat, and you know, and uh, yeah, well, and and like I said, Joe's been uh, doing the yoga in the park here recently, so. You know, he's really, uh, you know, he's working hard on maintain, maintaining that girlish figure. So, yeah, he wants to show it off. So, yeah, he went on vacation and, uh, yeah, sun's out, gun's out. So, definitely check out Joe Lazito and the Coliseum Chronicles. Joe's a good dude. Um, also, wow, well, all right. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast, he's back. Yes, he's really making his presence felt. He did a, uh, a live, uh, Facebook, uh, show the other night, um, in the Enforcer Appreciation Group. Um, but no, definitely another guy. Check out his back catalog in all seriousness. Segroy, Yablonski, Rob Ray. I mean, Alec has done a great job and, uh, he, um, you know, he took a bit of a hiatus here, but, uh, no, he's back now. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to what he can, uh, what he can do. Like I always say, the, uh, I mean, we bust each other's balls all the time and whatever, all of us guys, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always good to have more, um, like, enforcer-minded podcasts out there. I think mean, all three of us now, so. Um, but yeah, Alec, Alec does a great job, and, and I'm glad he's back, and I'm really looking forward to the content that, that he'll produce here coming out, uh, coming shortly. But, uh, yeah, other than that, guys, um, oh, and, and I, I didn't mean to leave him out, but Fred and Dave over at the Slewfoot Hockey Show, another current hockey show, but, uh, I like those guys, and, uh, like I always, I always say they, uh, I stay informed, but I don't have to watch. They keep me informed, so I appreciate that. But uh, definitely uh, check those shows out. But uh, yeah, guys, other than that, like I said, um, for the new listeners, um, going forward, it's always uh, Wednesday is interview day, like I said earlier, and then Sunday is my rant episode. But not this week. Uh, Part two will be coming out uh, on Sunday uh, with uh, my interview here with Colt. But uh, yeah, guys, uh, hang in. I think throughout the summer here, um, I have some great guests lined up. And, uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. And a bunch of them, uh, one, two, three, well, a couple of them for sure have never been, have never done a podcast interview before. So we'll be breaking some new ground and getting some new stories. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to bringing that, bringing those interviews to you guys. Um, but, uh, I actually took next week off, so I have holidays coming up. So, um, I will have, I have an interview done already, so I will have another interview for you on next Wednesday. And, um, really a young kid, really interesting, um, Played in the Western Hockey League, then played Junior A, then played uh, University Hockey, and then Pro for a little bit. So he's he's seen hockey from all the different leagues and from all the different perspectives and different gameplay. And uh, we we talk about that. And uh, yeah, it's and it and it's a young and it's a young person's. I always say I have all these old timers on my show. Not the Colton old timer, but I mean most of the guys I talk to on the show are you forties and fifty years old, right? But so when you have a it was it? I think uh, was he twenty six? So it was a little, little different anyway. Uh, but uh, he was a great guest. Um, um, so I, I think you guys will really enjoy that. But uh, I'll let you know. Once I got to edit it all and stuff. But I'll let you know Sunday who the guest is. But uh, in the meantime, how will we get to uh, part one with Colt King? Thanks everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday. All right, here we are in the fourth line voice on the line. OHL alumni, 10-year pro, number 45, Colt King. 
Colt, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, thank you. Excellent. Well, thanks. Uh, well, thank you very much for coming on the show, and uh, you're a very uh, requested requested guest. So uh, I, I did some research on you, and uh, I think I'm going to hit you with some names that you haven't you haven't thought of for a while, and we'll timeline your career and uh, tell a few stories. Does that sound good to you? You betcha. All right. Well, uh, we'll start. Well, we'll, go, we'll start at the beginning. Uh, where were you born and raised, and where did you play your minor hockey? Well, born and raised in Thunder Bay, um, spent all my time here um, playing, uh, growing, developing. Um, moved away when I was 15, um, went and played down in St. Thomas, uh, played Junior B. Um, the idea for that was to kind of try and get out of Thunder Bay just to kind of get a little more exposure, Southern Ontario, more OHL teams and whatnot. So I went down there, uh, 15, and then from there was drafted to the OHL. So the rest yeah. is history. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, yeah, just looking that up, uh, yeah, St. Thomas Stars there in the, uh, in the Ontario Junior League there. Um, 41 games, 24 points, 89 PIMS. A few. I'd imagine you had a few tilts. Yeah, you know, actually, I think I only had two that year. I was still. We had. Uh, Did you have to go with the full cage? Oh yeah, I had the full cage on. There was, you know, and we had a couple guys in our team that handled that. So as a as a kid, I kind of took advantage of that. Plus, I had the bird cage on, so it was you know, I added a little more uh, fearlessness to my game, but. Um, yeah, I mean, for me at the time, I didn't think much of it. I just went and tried to play, and um, I the other I think the fights I ended up getting into were guys that were very close to my age at the time. So it's not like I was fighting anybody older or anything like that. And, um, I mean, it was it was more kind of sure just for the developmental side of things, and the kind of fighting was in the back of my mind, sort of thing. I mean. My favorite, my favorite part of hockey was the body checking. So I, I that was that was the one thing I always tried to focus on. And, yeah, yeah. Like, were you like all like just growing up as a kid? Were you were you always kind of a physical kid though? Yeah, I uh, I had the the luxury of growing pretty fast as a kid. Um, I was always kind of head and shoulders above um, all the other kids. I mean. I'm only, I only finished off at 6'2", but I bet you, I think I was 6'1 in grade 8. So, yeah, you know, I sprouted, sprouted pretty quick, but, um, yeah, it was just, you know, growing up, watching those, uh, Don Sherry, Rock'em, Sock'em, Hockey videos, uh, there was nothing more exciting than the big body checks. And I just, for me as a kid, that was just something I always just, I loved it. I mean, the goals were one thing, fighting was another, but the body checks are what excited me the most. And um, <laughs> actually, the first year, the first year of body contact, um, <laughs> minor hockey, minor hockey politics. But actually, there was uh, who actually is one of my good friends now. I played against him. His parents actually tried to get me thrown out of the league um, because they said I was too violent, <laughs> <laughs> even though. What, even though, like, again, like, I wasn't hurting kids. I wasn't going out of my way to do anything. I mean, I was still in the net at the time, too. So it wasn't like I was, I was just out there trying to body check guys. But if somebody had their head down and they had the puck, yeah, I was going through them. Well, some things never change. I think, I think right. that lasted right to the last game of your career, too. But, 
uh well yeah so you get to uh you get to St. Thomas and uh and like you said it's like now there's a, a league full of guys your size and uh you're the young guy and there's and there's fighting and all that stuff I noticed uh, one of your teammates was uh, Drew Fata yeah 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 we uh we actually we had the same agent at the time so that's kind of how that worked out that him and i ended up on the same team it's just uh through our agent he he worked that out but uh yeah i was friends with drew for a few years well i mean i wouldn't say i'm not friends with him anymore we kind of lost touch but yeah we were uh we were good friends there for a few years and he was just like me he grew really fast he was a big kid he was a big strong kid and uh you know, he obviously went on to have a pretty good career too. So, um, yeah, it was kind of funny how that worked out. Yeah, well, I noticed one of the characters in that league that was running around. I, I, I don't have it in front of me, but he was one of the league leaders in penalty minutes. Was Segroy playing the Tecumseh? Do you remember Mike oh, yeah. Segroy at that time? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say much to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't say much to him, but yeah, you know there was there was sure some men in that league, and you know, like again, I was I was pretty big, but you know, like I was I was nowhere near physically what these guys were, and uh, um, yeah, it was it was a good learning experience, and it was good it was good developmental wise, just to kind of uh, I mean, we I could have played AAA here in town, and things could have been fine, and I'm sure things might have worked out maybe the same way that they did getting drafted um, and whatnot, but uh, I was kind of, I was really glad I did. It was a good experience. Um, the, the Bill of Family that took me in, um, I'm still very close with. Um, they were they were amazing, amazing people, and uh, you know, I just, I met some amazing people, had some great coaches, and yeah, it was a great experience for me. Excellent. Well, like you said, you uh, used it as a, like obviously the stepping stone to the OHL, and and uh, so Guelph picks you up, and uh, you know, so you're ninety nine two thousand. Uh, a sixteen year old uh, Colt King rolls into uh, into into Guelph for his first uh, Ontario Hockey League uh, uh, camp. How, how did uh, your initial training camp go? And uh, well, you obviously made the team, so it went well. But what was your what were your first impressions of the Guelph Storm? Well, <laughs> well, my first impressions were uh, a little—I uh, was a little—I was a little uh, set back, we'll say, I guess. Um, I, I always spent my summers as a kid at this time being active, right? Like I, I didn't necessarily focus on working out or being in the gym. I mean, at the time, I, mean, I was only a fifteen-year-old kid, and. Um, my group of friends, my family and all that. No one, I mean, my uncle played, he played for the Twins, like I said earlier. Um, but for the most part, that, I mean, that's that's the real only, anybody that's made it anywhere uh, hockey-wise, that, again, that I knew within my internal group. But then he didn't even go anywhere. He ended up just playing Thunder Bay. But um, I showed up, I showed up to camp and uh, we had a fitness test. And I was like, oh shit, what do we got to do? And I was, I've never been a runner. And they're like, you got to go do whatever it was, the 5K around the track or whatever it was under a certain time. And I was like, are you kidding? I'm like, I haven't ran that long and whatever, right? Just, you know, whatever. So I got through it and all that. Um, but that was a bit of an eye opener of kind of the preparation that you need to kind of have and be ready for and 
what they're kind of expecting out of you sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was all fine and good. Again, I was young, so I could, I could have, I mean, I could have slept, I could have slept in all day and got out of the couch and been able to do it. I was young. I had it in me, but now I think I'd get around the track maybe 200 meters and I'd be, have my hands on my knees, but, um, but yeah, no, it was good. Um, the, the, uh, preseason games, we played against Brampton and they had Jay Harrison on their team and, uh, hit him from behind I, I remember this distinctly because I as soon as I hit him I was like oh shit like that was like I, and I it, it wasn't it was unintentional of course and all that but I just right away I'm like ah oh, fuck I didn't mean to do that kind of thing and he was okay and he was okay because he hopped up and tried, tried to take my head off but uh, um, yeah that was my first OHL welcome to the OHL greeting so me and Harrison had a bit of a scrap, and it went pretty well for me. And, um, I mean, he was a big, tough kid, and I think he was a, bit, a little bit surprised and kind of surprised myself with the way I handled it. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of my uh, eye-opening experience to the OHL. Well, like, leading up to that, like, I mean, obviously, you, you know, I mean, you're not going in naive. Well, you'd played Junior B the year before, but, I mean, obviously, you know, the fighting's there and everything else. Did you do anything to prepare? Like, did you ever take any boxing or do anything? prepare fight wise or just like well we'll see how it, you just sort of get a crash course as your as your career went on well i so i've never taken any classes i've never taken boxing mma anything anything i've never taken any sort of fighting classes or anything like that um for me i was never set on fighting I was, my goal was to play and, and to put up points and be a power forward, whatever that, if I fought, gotten a couple fights here or there, whatever it is, what it is, it comes with the territory. If I'm throwing body checks, people are going to want to come and, you know, get retribution at some point. So, um, I never, I never, I never planned for it. I never, it is what it is. If it happened, it happened. And, uh, um, I just, Thankfully, either I had a really hard head or it just it kind of came natural to me. But the only ever real practice I did was when I would be in practice and me and the boys would, you know, kind of goof around and hockey fight. And, you know, uh, I think probably what helped me a little bit was I got an older brother and all of his friends used to kick the shit out of me my whole childhood. And I used to play with them growing up. So, you know, I was pretty much the same size as most of them. But, you know they would definitely give me the treatment and toughen me up. So I think that helped. But, I mean, for as of training and all that, no, like I said, I've never, never did. I never, still never had. I think I took a couple boxer size classes once maybe, but that was about it. Well, this is kind of an interesting point. Before we kind of go on with your career, it's like uh, I was actually going to ask you about this later, but, I mean, we're talking about it now. So um, you kind of brought it up in terms of wanting to be a power forward and everything else. Um, do you think at the time, like maybe later on after the OHL and stuff, if you had maybe focused um, more as being sort of the fighter, enforcer type, do you think that would have helped you more or did you just not have that, like did you, you just didn't want any part of that? Like looking back on it now. Uh, yeah, no, I, I certainly think that if I would have said, you know what, I'm going to devote myself to this. This is this is my in. This is my angle. This is how I'm going to do it. This is what I have to do. Then, yeah, I, I could I could try, but I I never I never 
I never wanted that. I never yeah. wanted just, I never wanted that. I, uh, I wanted to play. I wanted yep. to play. I wanted, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be relied on. I wanted to be a go-to guy. I wanted to be someone that the coaches wants to put on you, know, this kind of thing, right? So I never really, I never really focused any of my attention on that. You know, like the, my fighting in my days was because I, one, either it, it was coming to find me or two, I was trying to stick up for somebody on my team. It was generally the fights I got into. Yeah. As I progressed, as I progressively got older, then it came about the timing aspect. It came about, okay, momentum shift or whatever the case may be, right? The team needs it or, or we got to send a message, whatever the case may be, right? Then it started to kind of get into the more kind of the tactical side of it. Um, but for, for the most part, probably up until about, yeah, I don't know, the first few years of my pro career was, you know, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I was going to make it as a player and that's where, that's where my focus lied. So. Yeah, like, because it's interesting, because, well, we'll get into, we'll talk about them later, but, I mean, you played a few seasons in the OHL with, uh, old Biz Nasty, with Bissonette, and, and yeah. Paul has said a number of times that, like, he was never really a fighter in junior, what, he's sort of like you. He'd do it when he needed to and whatever. And then when he got to pro, he made that decision, that conscious decision to, well, Pittsburgh doesn't have anybody. If I go, if I decide to go be the enforcer, I might be able to make the NHL. And he did. So I was just, it was, it's interesting as you're saying that it, you know, it sounded like what he was talking about in one of the episodes I was listening to him talk about it. And, um, yeah, I was just wondering what you, what you thought of that, but, uh, well, there we go. Well, yeah. And he's a good example of that for sure, because I mean, he's not, I forget what he got drafted to the OHL, but I think he got drafted first or second round. He got drafted decently high. Um, he was a big kid. He was a strong kid. Um, but again, I don't want to, I'm not trying to shoot him down, but like he didn't have a ton of skill on the forefront. You know, he was just a, he was a meat and potatoes guy. You know, he was a hardworking kid, you know, everybody liked him and whatnot. And, um, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't fight a lot. He didn't put up a lot of points. He was just kind of, you know, doing his job, we'll say, you know, so it was, uh, we, we we lost touch over the years, and then all of a sudden I'm seeing them fighting guys in the NHL, and I'm just like, whoa, where did this come from? And then yeah, you know, you do you look into it, and you do your research, and you come to look at it, you know, it's, it's Pims in the uh, the American League and all that. And you're like, wow, he did. He made that he made that conscious decision to say, you know what, this is this is my way in, and so this is the road I got to take, and it's going to be a bumpy road, but here we go, just buckle up. Yeah, you know. Another guy, another guy too is uh, Carcillo. I played with Carcillo in uh, in Cernia, and he was a guy who probably had, I think, I don't know, four or five fights in the OHL. Like the guy never fought, and then same thing. All of a sudden, he's knocking guys out in the NHL. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Where was this? <laughs> well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to him. I got I I got a few questions to ask you about that about uh, oh, about sure, that. Yeah about that time period but yeah. so your first year you're in guelph there and uh you know and uh the the ohl at that time well every year but uh some of the characters i was just sort of looking at the rosters and just throwing out some names for a few folks or that names that the folks listening will know um of course uh i have to ask you because of, of his name um in kingston avery 
Sean Avery was playing. Do you remember playing against Avery? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, he, he didn't. He, he didn't have that reputation back then, right? No, no. I mean, yeah. he, he was he was he was an effective player. He was a good player, but he wasn't who he turned into be. No. Right? He, yeah. You know, back then he was a lot more skilled. He was better than a lot of players and whatnot, right? So he was relied on for the points and whatnot, and. You know, he still had his mouth. So obviously, you're born with that, right? That that's something you don't just you don't just learn. But he uh, he was definitely a guy that you notice. So you know, whether he's he's playing or he's chirping or whatever, right? But he uh, he's definitely a noticeable player. Yeah, and uh, well, and the, of course, the uh, the league leader in scoring that year was, uh, of course, now the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keith. Yeah. He yeah, was a, I, didn't see much ice, I didn't see much ice time against him. I was going to say, he, he was a hell of a player back in the day, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, he was putting up 100 points every single year, effortlessly. I, they had a good team, though. He played with, he played, he was on Barry, and he had uh, Mike Jefferson, who's now Mike Danton. Yeah. Um, and who was the other guy on their line? But they, I mean, they all had, like, 100 points, like, three years in a row or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, and then of course over on the uh, the penalty minute side, of course uh, you got Brett Cloutier leading the way, and then Big Earn, old Brian McGratton, and Kip Brennan, and uh, Nick Jones, and yeah, there were some tough dudes floating around that league at the time. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You definitely uh, mind your p's and q's, that's for sure. You you know who you're talking to if you're if you're out there. You pick and choose, but uh, yeah, there was some uh, there was some big boys floating around there. Well, I know. Uh, Looking at your... uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say I, I ended up uh, I ended up uh, rooming with Nick Jones. Actually, he uh, when he got traded to Guelph, uh, my my second year. Yeah, my second year he got traded there, and <laughs> I, I ended up he ended up being my roommate. He was a great guy, but yeah, he was uh, he was an animal. Well, he was like one of those, yeah, like, see, being out west, of course, and at the time period, this is before YouTube and internet TV, and, like, we, of course, we never saw you guys, right? But um, I remember getting some OHL footage later on, and uh, and you never hear his name thrown around much, because I don't know if he played, I don't think he played pro after, but, like, Jones could bang, man. Like, I've seen some of his fights, like, he pounds guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, and he wasn't that big either. I think he no. only six feet maybe six one tops wasn't wasn't a very big stature like maybe one 190 probably um when he actually when he got traded us he had a staff infection in his hand from uh, a fight he had been he had been in but um that guy was a warrior he was yep. definitely a warrior he he, he I, I seen him come home his hands are just he barely can close his hands the next night he's going out and doing it what the fuck you doing then well, I don't know. Had to fight. Why'd you have to fight? I don't know. But had to fight. So that's what I gotta do. Well, all right, all right. So that was my first kind of like. Well, you know, you didn't have to. Well, yeah, I kind of had to because at that time he knew, right? He under, already understood what yeah. he needed to do and how he's going to stay there and all that, right? Where I'm still a bit naive. I'm just like, wow. He didn't have to fight the guy. He can barely. <laughs> barely put your shoes on right now, but yeah. Oh uh, yes. Well, one of your looking at your fight card, this the second name that pops up there, and uh, and Nate Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. 
I guess, yeah, I'm pretty lucky I got him at the beginning of his career. He was certainly battering guys at the end. Yeah, well, he's yeah, still he battering him. I think he still he still fights MMA. I think he still fights in the yeah. cage. Yeah, is, is he still actually, is he actively fighting still? I know he yeah. was doing that a couple of years ago, but... I, I think so. If not, I was just looking yeah. at his Facebook the other day because I was gonna I I was gonna send him a thing about asking to come on the show, and you see, yeah. I, well, he looks like a million bucks anyway. It looks like he could still yeah. kick people's asses anyway, you know. Oh, so I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was uh, he was definitely a tough kid. I I fought him twice, yeah, and uh, yeah, he uh, he was tough. We were we were both young and just kind of you know whatever. Yeah still learning at that time yeah well then you had a you had a by, by all accounts uh a pretty a real solid playoff uh playoff fight with james ramsey yeah you know what and i think that was kind of i think that actually might have been the the, the, the fight that kind of got your name out there the well yeah kind of put me on the path i ended up taking um my first year, our coach was uh, Paul Gillis. He played in the show, um, coached for a few years. Um, he was a bit of a goof. Um, uh, I, I was just to cut, you, to cut you off. You're the third person that said this on that podcast, <laughs> so you're not you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. No, he uh, he was a bit of a goof, and so my only justification of the whole season is that we had a bit of an older group and we had a very good group. So um, I didn't play much my first year in the OHL. I, I think I was maybe getting four shifts a game sometimes, sometimes maybe a little less. We, were, we weren't allowed to handle the puck after the red line. It was just strictly dump and chase. Oh, it was just, it was brutal. It was brutal. There was no development. It was just basically kick us to the side and then bag skate us. It was like we were the black aces all year. Now, when I say us, I mean all the rookies, all the younger players. Um, yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. The guy was just a fucking goof. And it was funny, too, because he called me because he was coaching in Odessa. And he called me a couple times because uh, he wanted me to go and play there. And I was like, you fucking kidding me? And I hung up on him. Don't call me. <laughs> well, there, the, well, there. That answers that. They'll cross that off. That was going to be my next question. Was about Gillis, actually, because yeah, like I said, you're uh, uh, Marasti, and uh, I can't remember who the other guy was, but yeah, no, yeah, nobody's had anything positive to say about him on this show yet. So. Uh, oh, uh, he's he's he, like he's completely arrogant, man. I, all I can remember is him talking about how many points he had in the NHL and all that. And actually, and at the time, again, like we we're talking about the the internet and whatnot. And, I, I had no way of going and calling him on his bluff and, you know, saying, you know what, you really didn't do that. And then, you know, you come to see the videos on YouTube of him fucking turtling up and running away from people and just being a rat. And it's like, oh, man, I wish I would have played against you. <laughs> well, that well that leads into the next season. Of course, you go back to Guelph and, and you got a new coach. You got Jeff Jackson's there this time. And um, was there sort of... Um, and you sort of, and obviously you played because you came out 65 games, 52 points, 129 minutes, uh, you know, at 17. How, what, what was your, uh, going into that year where you're pretty confident and obviously it looks like you had a hell of a year. Well, um, I just kind of knew what was at stake, right? Um, I was my, going into my draft year. 
Yeah. Um, I had already, I've already experienced the, uh, train camp and all that and kind of knowing what you need to do. So, you know, I tried to prepare myself a little bit better. Um, and I was lucky. I, he put me on a line with Martin St. Pierre and Dustin Brown. So, I mean, I pretty much just went to the net with my stick on the ice and Marty would find me back door or I'd pick up rebounds from Dustin or whatever. Right. And it was just, uh, it was a good year. We had a good team as well and same sort of thing. But, we, you know, we were three young guys. We had a new coach with a different mentality. He played the younger guys and all this stuff. So, um, you know, I just tried to do the best I could. I actually, I, so that year I had, I forget what it was, but I think I had like 17 goals at Christmas time. Like I was on a tear. I was doing, and then after Christmas, I think I only ended up with like eight goals. Something stupid like that. I just, I couldn't, I just, for some reason, couldn't put it in a net anymore. It was just one of those things. Um, still ended up getting the 20, so that was good. But um, could have been much better. Could have helped my draft status, but it is what it is, right? So, but yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a different year. And it was different because, you know, like for me, I, every, every coach I'd played for at that point, too, had been somebody that, like, played. Like, I just, so I didn't see Jeff Jackson as somebody who ever played. He was just an X and X and O's guys. So it was it was a little bit different for me. Yeah, well, and and well, and you mentioned him, of course, Dustin Brown, and he's playing in the league at that time at 15 years old, and of course, he's gone on to have you know what great NHL career, 1,200 games, and you know when when he rolled in at 15, you know, yeah, I think he's an American too from New York. Uh, yeah, did did. Uh, well, like, wow! What did you think? Well, what were your initial impressions of Dustin Brown, and you know, and uh, what do you think? What do you think? Well, it was, it was at first, it was frustrating because all these rookies are getting a chance to play, and I just, me and all the other rookies, just rode the pines for a full season. So you're, you're sitting there, you're like, well, fuck, why are these guys getting all this exposure and all this time to play, and chances and all this stuff? Yeah, you turn the puck over, you don't see the ice for, the, you know, for two periods is the way I learned, right? <laughs> So you know, and I'm not. I'm not saying he was wrong. I wish that would have been. I wish he would have been there for my rookie year, kind of thing. So, um, but they came in and they were. They were. I mean, the kid was talented right off the hop, and he was. He was the one thing I remember is how strong he was on his skates. I remember a couple guys taking runs at him in training camp, and he, him sitting guys down. And I was like, well, okay, this kid's got a little, got a little bit in him. So and he was super quiet. He didn't. He didn't. I think he said a hundred words all all season. He was super quiet, um, but he was a really nice kid and all that, and you know, got along with everybody. Didn't say much to anybody, but <laughs> he was again, he was a nice guy and all that. Worked really hard and just filled the net. He had a he had a hell of a shot. Yeah. So, well, so are you surprised at twelve hundred NHL games? <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, maybe a little, only because of his size. Um, He's had a bit of an up and down career. I was, I was actually, I was more surprised to see them see him be a captain at as young as he was. Just because, from my experience with him, is that he just not the wasn't a leader. Again, I played with him when he was super young, but again, I I I see leaders as vocal guys and you know guys that you know. Um, are 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 all, always you know like they're, they're they're a guy that everybody leans on. They're they're 
a captain is somebody that, you know, like if you're like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? All eyes fall on the captain, right? That's, that's, that's what I, that's all I picture a captain. And, uh, you just, again, when I played with him when he was young, so I just, you know, it was, I was a bit shocking because I'm like, well, this kid doesn't say fuck all. So like, how is he getting the boys fired up in between periods or, you know, is he talking to the guys, you know, like, on the days off to, you know, to, you know, get everybody to go to dinner together or whatever the case may be. Right. So, I, so, but anyways, again, no, good for him. He's had a really good career and it's good to see that he's kind of bounced back these last couple of years and he's doing well and uh, scoring some more goals too. No, absolutely. Yeah. Hell of a career. But, uh, well, like you said, you're going into your draft year and, uh, yeah, well, there you go. You, you know, for, uh, fourth round of Colorado Avalanche, um, had uh, were, were you surprised you went there? Did you think you were going to go sooner, later? Did they? Did you talk to a bunch of teams? Take me through the draft well, experience. Yeah, I was. I so I, I went to the you know the prospect game and all that stuff, and yep. I, I was. I think I was twenty. I was rated twenty seventh, if I can remember, in North America. Um. When yeah, I talked to shit. I think it was seventeen teams I interviewed with. Interviewed with. Um, that was. <laughs> did you have it? Did you have any weird interview? Like I know Terry Ryan always tells the interview with Milbury with the Islanders that crazy interview. Did you have any goofy interviews with teams? Um. Well, I'm not. I mean, nothing that was like okay. Nothing that made me leave the room saying like what the fuck was that or what just happened kind of thing there was a few where i had to go do some fitness stuff there was a few where there was five or six guys sitting on one side of the table and i was sitting on the other like it was a job interview and well, i guess it was but um there was nothing yeah there was nothing like that where i kind of left shaking my head or anything like that or anybody uh nobody ever tried to fight me or anything like that <laughs> yeah but uh yeah but yeah it was it was it was uh it was definitely unnerving for uh seven well for me anyways at that age yeah well like you said you go but you go with the the colorado avalanche you know and uh and uh and well of course obviously then you're you're going into uh did you, you went into the did you go to main camp or which is a rookie camp your first year yeah so my first year um i was actually set to fly on September 11th when the terrorist attacks happened. Yeah. So I was set to fly out that day. Uh, obviously all the flights were grounded and whatnot. So what ended up happening with the NHL, um, well, Colorado, um, they only brought in guys that were basically sitting on the fence that could make the team. Um, you know, a lot of the American League guys, you know, the first, second rounder kind of thing. Um, they left, they just, they just said, no, the rest of you guys, whatever, you can't come just because of everything that's going on and all that. So, so I never even got to go to training camp my very first year. Um, so then I went my second year of eligibility and, uh, I was like a deer in headlights. I got there and, um, Danny Bois, um, was that he was drafted uh, the fifth round? Um, I think it was the fifth or sixth round. But anyways, right after me. Yeah. And um, he's also from Thunder Bay. And he's a guy that I played a bit with growing up and played against growing up. And uh, <clears throat> so we went to camp together. And 
yeah, him and I were both walking around the dressing room looking at all the guys' different sticks and equipment. And I I remember I followed Joe Sackick around for a couple of days in the dressing room just to see what he's doing. You know, Patrick Waugh's walking around. Peter Forsberg sitting there taping his I was actually, uh, I was on a line with Peter Forsberg um, during one of the exhibition games during training camp, which I turned the puck over, I think, three times one shift because all I did was I kept trying to pass it to him. I just wanted to get the puck over to him. I just wanted to get the puck over to him. I just kept turning it over. I was like, what a fucking idiot. I'm just like, this guy must think I'm just brutal now. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was, it was, it was awesome. I mean, I just, I loved hockey. I loved hockey. And I just, it was so neat. Like, I didn't go into the camp, unfortunately, with the mindset that I was there to make the team. I just went there because I'm like, well, I got drafted and if they want me, they're going to take me kind of thing. And, I'm going to do what I can, of course, to show them to take me. But I was just like, holy shit, look at all these guys. They're not going to want to take me. Look at, look who else is here. And I never kind of, I never, that's one thing I never really had was that kind of confident swagger of, you know, like, uh, my shit don't stink. Like a lot of guys have, a lot of guys that have made it that shouldn't have made it, I think had that because they made it because they had that confidence and all that. But, I don't know. I just, for me, I never really had that swagger. So I always kind of went in there uncertain. I never went in with that mindset of positivity and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to make it and all that. I went in there. I'm like, holy shit, there's Patrick Waugh. Holy shit, there's Peter Forsberg. And I'm sitting beside Scott Parker in a dress room. Like, is he going to reach over and punch me out? And thank fuck I'm on the same team as him. So. <laughs> So, also, I was going to say, so needless to say, you didn't challenge Parker in training camp. No, I, uh, I ended up fighting, uh, Jeff Paul. Yep. Um, yep. He, uh, he was a big guy. And this is, this is my first experience with a left hander. And, uh, so I had, I had, at the end of the season prior, I got called up to Hershey at the end of my season just to go be in Black Apes. And Jeff Paul was there, and I got to know him, and he was a really nice guy, and, you know, we chatted a bunch and all that, and he was, he was really friendly to me and all that. And um, so come training camp, again, like, I love the body check. So any chance I had, I was finishing my check, and I'm like, well, then that's one of my strengths, so I'm going to show these guys I'm going to finish my checks, so I'm going to throw some big hits. So Jeff Paul comes over and skates, and I skates over to me, and he goes, Kinger, stop fucking running around. I'm like, man, I can't. This is the only thing I got going for me right now. He goes, well, you got to stop running around, man. And he goes, oh, we got to fight. I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm, so sure enough, next next shift, I got a chance to lay somebody out. And I, I threw a big hit. And here comes Paul. I'm like, well, we got to go. So here we go. And uh, whatever, we, we threw a couple right off the hop, and we were going fine and all that. Then he just crossed me up and started throwing lefts. And I just, there was nothing I can do. I was helpless. I just, he just fed me my lunch. And so I just kind of tried to pull him in as best I could, and he uh, he knew better, so he kind of just held on to me too, and whatever else, and refs broke it up, and uh, I think I had a black eye before I even left the ice. But um, he, uh, yeah, I talked to him after and all that, and he made sure he'd come to check and see if I was okay and all that. Really good guy, um, but you know, again, that's just that's just part of hockey, and not a great showing on my part, but you know that's. That's an experienced guy. He's been in the American League fighting for a long time, and you know, gave me a quick gave me a quick lesson. But like Sackick and Forsberg and Wad Parker and all the guys, they were cool with you. Well, they didn't say much to us. You yeah, know, like 
There's definitely the, pe- the pecking order was definitely there. Well, but yeah, I mean, you look back though, you're just like, well, how many goofs have these guys seen come coming in out of this dressing room for training camp, right? Yeah, you know, like you know, there's there's how many guys actually make it. So I think Cody McLeod, uh, 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 Cody McCormick, sorry, yeah, was the Cody McCormick and the first rounder, and forget even who that was. Were the only ones that made the team from my draft year, so you know, and they had just won the cup two years prior too. So I mean, it's not like there was a lot of open spots in that team, but I mean, you, you got to figure because I mean, even with me playing pro with all the, you know, like I didn't talk to everybody that came to training camp. You know, I would say hi to people, of course, but you know, yeah. I just knew these, these. I just knew these guys were leaving, right? Yeah. Well, the name you brought up—that's inter- that's interesting. You brought up Cody McCormick. I know you had a few tilts with him the next year. Uh, was there any heat over training camp or anything, or is it just just something that happened? No, no, not at all. Actually, he's uh, he's another Indigenous guy, so we kind of we kind of actually meshed and clicked a little bit. Um, but uh, there was no animosity with us fighting or anything like that. It was just purely hockey. Yeah, it was just. It was just purely hockey. Um, the way the game was going, um, maybe I threw another hit, whatever the case may be. I don't know, but um, I can't remember. But none of them, like him, when him and I fought, I know I remember they were both like heat of the battle. It was never, it wasn't staged, like, hey, you should go or anything like that. Or, you know, it was nothing. It was just purely hockey. That's all that was. Well, so the following year, you cut, you go back to Guelph, and uh, but you play 20 games, and then you're traded to North Bay. Uh, was that something you asked for, or was did that or did it come as a surprise, or what happened there? No, I, I don't think Jeff Jackson liked me. I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. I wasn't uh, fitting into his mold. Um, yeah, I was. I was actually pretty bummed out um, when that happened. They were <laughs> they were hosting Memorial Cup that year, so yeah, yeah I was. Uh, I was a little bummed out. Um, I didn't ask for it. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, that's my guess is I don't think Jeff Jackson liked me that much. So, um, yeah, he sent me walking and sent me to North Bay and it was tough. I got to North Bay and, you know, they're a losing team and all that. And obviously we ended up, we ended up folding at the end of the year, but, uh, it's, uh, it was good and bad. Um, the coach, Mike Kelly, awesome coach, great guy. Um, Played with Chris Thorburn, and that's where I played with Biznet at first. Yeah, um, I knew Thorby too because we had we we also had the same agent, so we went to a bunch of summer training camps and stuff like that. So I, I already knew Thorby really well. Um, Jeff Doyle was there, um, but yeah, we we actually uh, we ended up playing. We had to play. I don't know this. I don't think this is in any of your uh, stat sheets. Maybe it is. I don't know. But uh, we ended up playing uh, a playoff game at the end of the season just to see if we would actually make the playoffs just because of the, the, way, the way the seeds ended up. And uh, we ended up playing Kingston, and um, Josh Gratton uh, was on the team, and I ended up fighting him. Yep. Uh, and then I ended up fighting uh, McCutcheon, I think. Anyway, yep. I, ended up getting, I ended up getting two fights that game, and I got a hat trick. And then we there. ended up making the playoffs. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, how, how'd the yeah. fight with well Gratton? How'd the fight with him go? 
Yeah, like, uh, well, I went. It went pretty good for me. Um, I didn't, you know, like I don't want to say I, you know, but I, I, yeah, it went no, pretty good. Hey, you won, you again, won. That's, again, you know, again, again, we were, we were again, we were much younger, and you know, yeah, you know, who know who who knows things might be different now, but yeah, at the time, yeah, you know, I, I, I had the upper hand, and I think that's also kind of the big reason why the push is why we had a good chance at winning that. Yeah, it was just, that was uh, one of my more memorable games that I've played. Well, a couple, two fights and a hat trick, absolutely. Well, yeah. one one name that's on your fight card from that year um, that everybody listening will know, um, he was in Oshawa, Sean McMorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and, and this is where I'm still kind of thinking I'm a player. You know, and I'm not fighting guys like, you know, guys that are, you know, at the time just purely fighting, right? Yep. So um, that was one of those kind of, I wasn't, I didn't really want to. I kind of, I don't want to look bad in front of the boys and say no and look like a chicken shit. It didn't really affect the game. So I'm just like, well, why kind of thing? But he was just content on going. And, uh, I mean, he might hate at me saying this, but I was definitely at the end of a shift <laughs> when it happened too. So, um, but whatever, it, it was fine. He's a he's a definitely a big tough guy. So, I uh, I held in there, that's for sure. But yeah, well, and then their next fight after that is with uh, former teammate there, Drew Fatta. You fought yeah. him. Yeah. Well, I, again, that was that was again one of those just purely hockey. Yeah, I think we had a lot. La- I think we had a laugh about it after, actually, because I don't even. I don't even think well, that's one of those. I don't even know who I was fighting at the time, and then I'm like, "Oh, it's Fatsy. What the hell's going on here?" And uh, so we had a chuckle about it after the game, and yeah. But <laughs> again, that's, that's hockey. That's the way it goes. Yeah, but well, I, I mean, that's that's the way hockey used to go. So. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other story, but. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Well, so like you said, North Bay fold, and then like, so did they fold? Did uh, and then Saginaw, you find yourself in yeah. the the brand new OHL team, the Saginaw Spirit with Dennis DeRoger, <laughs> legendary coach Dennis DeRoger. But uh, what what did you think about Saginaw? And were you like, what is it like? Because of course you play six games, you have six points, and then you're off to Oshawa. Again, was that something yeah. like get get me out of here? No, nah, not yes and no. Um, I wasn't saying I want out of here or anything like that. I was certainly glad to be traded. Um, but you know, I was with the same, pretty much the same group of guys we were in North Bay. But you know, now we're in Saginaw and things are a bit different. So I don't know. Saginaw at the time wasn't a, really a great place to play. So um, I don't know. I. I was okay with it, that's for sure. Well, like you said, I you brought... Know, I, don't, I, I, I don't know the reason behind that one. I, I really I can't say for rhyme or reason as to why I was traded. Uh, again, like you said, I mean, I had six points in six games, so it's not like I had zero points in six games, so um, whatever is what it is. Well, I know we we briefly talked about him there, and you've played with him now for a, like a season at this point as Bissonette. Um when you when you, when you see the 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 spit and chiglets, Paul Biz Biz, 
how far how far removed is that from the guy that was sitting in the locker room in Saginaw with you? Oh no, that's yeah, that's no, that's who he is. He's, he's definitely not a character. That's that's who he, what you see is who he is. Yeah. He uh, the one thing I remember actually is that uh, he used to do a, a like a, a raptor, a dinosaur, a raptor. He used to love doing that impression where he'd run around the locker room like a raptor. I mean, the boys loved it. I thought it was hilarious. But that's just always the one thing that sticks out in my mind every time I think about him or whatever. I always just picture him doing the raptor. <laughs> so when you're like, so when you see him on Spit and Chiglets, or you see him doing his 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 biz shtick, that that's that's him. You're saying that that's you're not surprised, yeah. yeah? No, that's him. That's 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 him. That's his personality. Maybe a little inflated, just because you know you got to be a character now. Well, yeah, you got you got you got to turn you got to turn the volume up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I mean, no, that's. What you see is what you get. That's that's him. Did you guys get along? Oh yeah, he, he's he's a great guy. He um, yep. he got along with everybody. He, um, I mean, the, my time I spent with him. Yeah, no one. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about him. That's for sure. He uh, he was, got along with everybody. He worked hard. He, you know, he was fun to be around. He made guys laugh. He, wasn't you know he didn't ever call anybody out or he didn't do anything like that and again he was young so but whatever i mean it doesn't matter how young you are if you're you know you're born with your attitude right so i mean if he was always a positive guy and all that that's that's who he is well there you go there you go spitting chiglets fans you heard it here but uh well you get shipped to oshawa and i mean you know obviously a legendary um you know, franchise in the Ontario Hockey League with a history, and George Burnett is the coach who's been around. Um, you know, you get there, you're with Nathan Horton and Ben Eager and and Gustafless and all them. How, what was your impressions of Oshawa? And did you, did you like it? Yeah, I liked Oshawa. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, playing for George was good. He's a good coach. He um, he definitely tries to work with people. He he'll talk to people. He'll call you in. He'll tell you your shit. This is how we get better. This is what I need from you. But then, you know, you, de- you don't definitely don't leave that meeting feeling like shit. I'll tell you, he'll give you some positives or whatever. I, I like him. I thought he was a good coach. I had, I have nothing but respect for him. So, um, yeah, there was some, uh, there were some good players on that team. Um, Ben Eager, yeah. Ben Eager, I remember Ben Eager uh, when I, cause obviously I played, played against him for a couple years already. Um, but when I got to, the change room with him. He did with he was jacked. Like I hadn't seen anybody that I'd played with so far that was as physically built as what he was. He was he was just huge. And I'm just like, holy fuck like But it was just one of those he's a he's a genetic freak. He was just born like that. He just I bet you he can go and eat twenty five cheeseburgers and not gain a pound kind of thing. The guy was just a he was just he was just huge. But uh, yeah, he was a good guy, good player, tough. Yeah, well, and it's funny because it was like I remember that was one of the tapes that I had gotten when I go back to the old VHS days. But it was an OHL. I think it was o two o three. Yeah, it was. It was, and and he is all over that tape, like running around and fighting everybody. And it was, and I'm and at the time again. It's like 
who the fuck is this guy? You know, and it was like, oh yeah. So I'm like watching a couple of these tapes, and I'm I became like an instant Ben Eager fan. I'm like, this guy's awesome. And I think, you know, when people listening, you know, maybe that don't follow the junior scene or whatever, and they just look at the NHL stuff, and you know, you see Ben Eager, and I mean, you know, he played how 400 games in the NHL, but he, you know, he never put up any. You know, he was a hitter, fourth line guy, right? But and he never really put up those offensive numbers. But yeah, like you said, he was a real solid player in the Ontario Hockey League. Oh yeah, he was scoring thirty plus goals a year. I mean, uh, a comparison for today's game would be like a uh, Josh Anderson, but a lot tougher. Yeah. So yeah, the guy could skate. The guy could skate like the wind. He was this. He was this. He was very skilled, good hands, had a really good shot. He could score. He could make a play. He could hit. He can. He could. He could do everything. But yeah, it was just. Yeah. Again, one of the, one of those things. You you got a bit older. You got to fill a role, and so yeah, that was yeah. that was what he ended up doing. Well, like you said, first round pick, right? Twenty third overall to, to Phoenix. I mean, you know, you're not drafting lumps in the first round. I mean, you know, he had the skills for sure. Oh, no question. Yeah, but he uh, he was. I don't want I'm, again. I'm not trying to put him down, but you know, like for me, he was definitely a guy who was a gamer. He wasn't a guy who was going to uh, strike fear in a lot of people. He did in a sense where he was big and strong and fast and hits and all that stuff. But like, as for somebody his size and somebody else's fighting, no one like I don't think there was a ton of guys that were necessarily afraid of, afraid of him. But I mean, to have him on your team, I was like, man, he's good. This guy's unreal. He, skates 100 miles an hour, he works his nuts off, he, he, he hits it, he fights everything, that's the thing, he fought everybody that wanted to fight him, so, you know, I yeah. took my hat to him, for sure. He was, he was a good guy, he was a really good guy, too. Yeah, well, and then we'll talk about some of your tilts, because you had a pretty big fight year that year, actually, and, uh, and uh, but one of the fights, and like you said, big dude, and again, for the, for the, for the folks that watch the NHL, I mean, you say this guy's name, and, you know, the some fight fans, I mean, they'll snicker and whatever, and, oh, he's a joke, you know, or whatever, but he wasn't. In the Ontario Hockey League, Zach Storantini was a bad dude. Yeah, he uh, he was, you know what, as I just described, uh, Benny, that's the same, he, Storantini was the same way, except Storantini didn't have any skill. He yeah. skated 100 miles an hour, he did everything right, but he just didn't have any skill. He couldn't handle a puck. He couldn't do anything. He was, he was, in my mind, a brutal hockey player, but he's effective because he was just a wrecking ball. But, yeah, when I fought him, actually, and I, I, I wish I, wish I would have fought him again, but when I fought him, I had fought, I think it was, so the reason he wanted to fight me was because I fought someone on his team the last time we had played them, and it was it was very recent. I think it was only a few games before, if I can remember. But uh, I ended up I ended up smashing my hand really hard on the guy's helmet to the point where my right hand is still from that fight. My my knuckles are all misshapen, we'll say, from that particular fight. So when I fought Sortini. Um, I already had a bad hand, and uh, when I fought him, I'm like, well, I can't throw my right hand because my right hand's fucked. So if I throw my right hand, I'm either going to be in worse trouble or I'm going to break my hand. I'm thinking. So I started to try to throw a left, 
and I had never thrown a left in a fight before that. And I threw a couple lefts, and I just opened up, and he caught me with one. I bounced up, but I mean, by that time it was over or whatever, right? So he definitely, he definitely caught me with one on that one, and uh, got me right in the eye socket because I mean, I went to, I'm like, man, I can't, like, I can't see. Everything's all blurry, and I can't see. I'm talking to the doctor, and whatever. Obviously, everything was fine, but. The initial took about five ten minutes for everything to kind of come back, but um, so I didn't fight on that game because again my hand was fucked, and then now I took a big shot to the eye. So I'm like, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I can handle another one tonight. Uh, but I think I might have only played him like well, maybe one, one or two other times in my career after that. So I didn't have a lot of opportunity, but but yeah, he. Uh, he went on to have a bit of a career, and I was a bit of surprised at that, that he made the NHL, but, you know, same thing. He was just somebody that just did the same thing night in, night out. So, Yeah. Well, another guy that you fought against and you played against, you know, while well, your, your paths would cross a few times, uh, was Adam Keefe. Yeah. He's a, he was a solid player, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, he's, you know what, he's... Uh, who would I compare him to? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's definitely a gamer. He fights anybody and everybody, and he's definitely undersized for the majority of the people he fights. Um, so, I mean, the guy's got brass balls. Um, but, yeah, the first time, actually the first time I tangled with him, um, I was wrestling with another guy first, and then he came in. So I started having kind of joust with both of them before I kind of got paired up with Keith, but... Uh, yeah, it was kind of uh, it was kind of funny. I kind of laughed when I looked back at that one because it was a bit of a scrum, and I was wrestling with somebody else, and then Kiefer came in to help whoever I was wrestling with, and so then I basically started having to fight both these guys at the same time. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Well, that, that fight did that fight didn't amount to much though. From that, no. that point, it was just kind of wrestling for the most part. Well, after uh, like after this season. Uh, you know, you 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 go back to uh, to Colorado camp. Were you a little more confident this time, or uh, were you still sort of just you know, sort of not naive, not the right word, but just sort of a little? Were you just laid back, too little, a little, a little too laid back still? Um, yeah, like again, like I didn't, I didn't have. I didn't have the confidence that I was I was going there to make the team. I never again. I never really had that. I just had the the I'm going to go there. I'm going to do what I can do. And if they like me, they like me. I'm obviously here for a reason, kind of thing. And I don't want to stray away from my strengths. I'm not yeah. trying to come here and fight fight Scott Parker and all that because I I didn't want that to be my role. I didn't. I didn't. I just didn't want it. Right. So yeah. You know, I like, were they, at the same time, were they giving you any feedback, like, throughout, like, during, you know, your time in Oshawa, where you're playing during the season, are they telling you, hey, we'd like to see you do more of this or more of that, or is, it, is there nothing, is there no communication? What's going no, on? No, there was, there was, so, there was nothing, uh, nothing like that until I was at the training camp, because there was one, one of the, I forget his name, but the main scout loved me, he loved me. He was the one that was really pushing for me, and he pulled me aside, and he's like, you got to do this while we're here when I was at training camp. <laughs> After I got beat up by Paul, he goes, you got to do this, and you got to do this. And I'm just like, man, like, I'm trying. Like, this is, 
this isn't fucking easy out here. I'm trying. It's it's all it's a much faster. It's, these guys are more skilled. I mean, a, a guy that I would normally be able to finish a check on in junior, I'm not getting the chance to up here. So I mean, it's, it's not like I'm not trying to do it. So you know, it was just one of those things. Um, it was tough too because I, I had I had an agent, and then my agent, who was Eddie Mio slash Mike Barnett, right after this season kind of during this season started to fill the role as general manager and I think he was director of player development or whatever it was but uh, both the agents that I had left and went and again were the general manager and something else with Phoenix now because Gretzky was, he was the owner slash coach or whatever right so they went with him so then I ended up getting a new agent with that agency and basically, he lost my number. So, yeah. however that ended up working out, I didn't care. I was just like, well, whatever. I don't care. Not a big deal. Um, teams are still calling this and that. I'm not too worried. So, um, I ended up going to um, Minnesota's camp the following year. Yeah. Um, and that was, I did everything. They called me. I set everything up. I did everything myself when I technically still had an agent, but my agent wasn't doing anything for me. So I did it all myself. And how, and like how, and how did that camp go? Uh, that one went okay. Uh, Bugard was there and stuff. And that was like, holy shit. I hope I don't have to end up fighting this guy. Um, Actually, somebody that, if you didn't know he was a hockey player, you would probably be very surprised to know that he actually plays hockey and fights. Just quiet, um, always wore glasses, um, just, just you know, he just didn't seem like somebody who was a violent person, right? Yep. But then you obviously put him on the ice and, <laughs> you know, everybody's alter ego takes over. Um, but yeah, that, that camp went okay. Um Obviously, never ended up signing, but um, yeah, it went okay. Uh, I ended up going to Vancouver's the next year, and uh, that that camp went pretty well. I got in a fight there and did okay, but then I went to Manitoba's camp, which I was fully, I was fully confident, fully confident. I'm going to make this team. I've talked to the, I've talked to whoever they, they you know, they, they're they're telling me I got a chance, right? So. I'm going in there confident, whatever Vancouver's camp is what it is, it's behind me now. So I'm gonna to go to Manitoba's camp and I'm gonna I'm gonna do awesome. So I went to Manitoba's camp and I think I had four or five points in the four games that we played and I fought twice. And <laughs> they're like, Yeah, we'll see ya. We'll be in touch. Like, no you won't. See you later. Yeah, so like it was, was a little bit Yeah, like how, little, uh, like how frustrating is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know what, if I had an agent that was helping me at the time, uh, it might have helped a little bit or helped steer me in a different direction or maybe there might have been a little more follow-up. Maybe I'll get a call-up throughout the season or something like that, right? And there was never an, and never anything. So, again, it was fine with me. I was like, whatever. 
you know, I'm still getting these chances. I'm still getting these looks. I'm still, you know, I'm still doing my thing. I'm still effective. So, you know, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, before we leave junior, I got, of course, you're, you, you know, well, after Oshawa, the following year, 0304, you, you end up in the Sioux, and then you're in Sarnia to end the year. Again, did you ask to leave Oshawa, or how did you end up in the Sioux? Were you surprised? So, yeah, so that's, again, kind of to follow up on the no agent thing. That's kind of how that worked out, was that, well, do I go and try to play pro now? Because I had a lot of teams calling me to go and play. I was like, well, do I go and, you know, play in, again, the minors, because that's who was calling me, the East Coast League, the Central League, and all that. Do you want to go do that, or would you rather try to go back and play your OA year in junior and then see if anything develops from that or whatever the case may be? So I sat on it for a little bit, and I actually I came in came in a bit late because I, well, I was obviously at training camp, and then I took a couple days after training camp was over to kind of figure it out. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so I went to the Sioux. And I loved it. Awesome group of guys. Um, we had a pretty good team. So the reason why I ended up getting a trade, though, was because we weren't making the playoffs. Yeah. So we weren't making the weren't making the playoffs. So I said, you know, what do you want to do? There's, in particular, Sarnia really wants you. Do you want to go there? Or do you want to just stick it out here for the year? And I said, no, I definitely want to go there. All uh, they're doing well. They have a chance to win. Uh, a chance to win. They got. They're definitely making the playoffs. They got a good team. So yeah, there's there's always a chance to win. So so yeah, definitely I'll go there. So I said yeah, I'll definitely go, and went. <clears throat> well, and yeah, so you get to Sarnia, man, and that's a. You guys had a tough team. Like I mean, you had like, uh, you know, yourself, Mike Haley, Kelsey Wilson, Richard Clune, uh, Carcillo, and uh, Marco Capera. Um, Leading the leading the way. How tough was that, dude? Yeah. So, Marco. So the, my first my first experience with Marco was still when I was with when I was with Oshawa. So Ben Eager fought Carcillo this one game, and I was just thinking, what the fuck is this dude trying to fight Benny? Like, what's he doing? Because people that don't know, uh, Marco, Marco's five eight. Uh, you know, 175 pounds. And Eager's, what, 6'3 or 6'4, 230 pounds. So you just look at these two, you're like, what the fuck is this guy thinking fighting Benny? Benny's just going to feed him his lunch. So they square up and they start doing his, doing their thing. And I'm like, oh, this little guy's hanging in there. And I just kind of started to chuckle because every time that Mark would throw a punch, obviously when he's starting to wind up for his next punch, Benny's trying to grab him so he can throw his punch, but when Benny's throwing his punch, his shoulder pads and jersey are coming up over Marco's head like he's like a turtle going back in his shell. Every time Benny would throw a punch, he's hitting him right in the chest pad of his shoulder pads. And then all of a sudden, Benny would, you know, try to lean back and load up for another one. And then Marco's head's popping out, and here comes another punch. And I just sat there like, what the fuck is going on here? This guy's like a little, he's like a turtle. He keeps popping his head out of his shell. Like, he hung in there and did well, so I was like, "Oh, this guy, you know, he's actually pretty tough." I started looking into him, like, "Oh man, this guy's fighting everybody. He's got two, whatever it was, two hundred and some pims." I'm like, "Oh, this guy's pretty legit." So then I ended up getting traded, and I started playing with him. 
was like, holy man, this guy's like, he is legit. And he, but, and he's tiny though. He's tiny. So everybody wanted to fight him. Like he, he could have had three fights a game if he wanted to, just because everybody's looking at him being, why well, you're just a little guy. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you. Nope. Nope. He was tough. Yeah. yeah. He has, I think he had the year I, the year I got traded there and played with him. I think he ended up having 43 fights that year. I think it was. Yeah. 300 penalty minutes. Yeah. And, uh, well, and like you said, then of course you got uh, Kelsey Wilson, Michael Haley, and Haley's tough dude too. And, um, oh, yeah. But then, of course, like, uh, well, and Richard Clune, and, um, you know, he was 16 at the time, just getting his feet wet. But again, you know, but then, of course, um, as we brought up before with Carcillo. Um, now, Daniel Carcillo, who is a, definitely a polarizing figure these days, um, did you guys get along? Yeah, we got along. We got along when I played. Um, he, um, I really don't know how to describe him. He um, he's fake. I'll say that he's just fake. He's fake. He's not. He's not. He's not definitely like not like Biznet. Whereas what you see is what you get. Everything's a show. Everything's a front. Everything is. Everything is poor me. That's the way his whole life is built on. Is poor me. Um, he was a heck of a player, very effective. I think he scored 30 goals multiple times. Um, but just always in arguments with guys in the dressing room. Um, always some sort of drama. Always something. It wasn't just, you can just say, oh, like, what the fuck, what happened now? Oh, Jesus. Now, you know what I mean? It was just one of those things where it's like, man, just relax a little bit or, you know, maybe stop stop being you I don't know but uh, we got along because I mean I I got along with most people um, but yeah there was definitely a few guys in the room that you know they had their uh, they had their beefs together so he uh, yeah I don't know he was the guy that again like he, he surprised me quite a bit when he started fighting in the NHL because I think he might have had one fight when I played with him yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, it's he's a he's a polarizing figure, and I mean, you know, very outspoken these days. And I know, you know, him and I got into it on social media there a year or two ago, and yeah, but that that was my interaction with him didn't go too well. But uh, um, you know, I respected what he did, played in the league, and you know, had a hell of a career and everything. But yeah, I I I wasn't liking how he was approaching and saying things afterwards. But uh, anyway. That was my experience with him, but uh. yeah, I, I there isn't there isn't probably a lot of people in the hockey world that have a lot of positive experience with him. Um, he just again, he's just kind of he's a poor me. Um, he's always kind of looking for the easy way out, kind of thing. Well, there we go. We'll leave it at that. That's our uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Uh, well, that wraps up, uh, you know, um, unfortunately, uh, in, in Sarnia, you guys, uh, you know, yeah, you finished first in the West, and then, unfortunately, you lost in the first round that year. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, that was pretty devastating, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. uh, and that, um, no, go ahead. 
Oh, we had a good team. We had a lot of skilled players, and like it was like that was one of those teams where it was just a good balance. Yep. Um, there was we had everything, um, but you know, playoff time, playoff time is a different story. Um, they had, they had, they had. Uh, we're, I'm talking about Erie. They had a, um, a a guy in their team, Brian Ham. I don't know if he ended up playing pro or anything like that, but he was a big guy, defenseman, fighter. Um, he would jaw at me quite a bit, and I was like, "Well, whatever, you know, like, it is what it is." But then they f- took the first couple games, so there was a bit of a bit of an incident in warm up uh, the one game, and I think we, I think there was like a, three or four of us that got. Uh, I forget how it worked out. I can't remember exactly, but it was it definitely didn't work out to our team's favor. Um, getting into a big scrum during warm up. Uh, but yeah, that was one of those things where shit. I wish things would have went different because if we would have made it out of that round, kind of thing, then you know things would have been way different. But yeah, we had a really good team. It's a lot of skilled players on that team, and yeah, everybody was kind of like, "Holy shit, I can't believe we lost." Yeah. Well, like you said, right? What's it? What's the playoff start? Whole new season, right? And it's just uh, you oh, know, it is, yeah. Yeah, you run into a hot goalie or whatever, just don't get a few couple bounces, and yeah, next thing you know, you're heading home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, well, there that wraps up the uh, the junior uh, segment of uh, Colt King's career. Uh, well, okay, so you wrap up your your, your junior career, and uh, you you find yourself down in Augusta with the links of the East Coast League. Yeah, well, actually, so how that worked out, too, actually, I went to uh, uh, Reading. That's where I initially signed was with Reading. Okay. Um, but that was that was the year of uh, NHL lockout. Yep. So the, the snowball effect happened, and uh, Reading was affiliated with two American League teams, and I think it was two. Uh, anyways, they got a bunch of American League guys sent down, and uh, actually, George Peros was one of them. Um, it was funny. We went to uh, we had a, a Halloween party, and uh, he went as Superman, but he bought like a child's Superman uniform. <laughs> and George Peros is six five, two thirty, just shredded and jacked. So it basically turned it turned into a two piece. And actually, I'll never I'll never forget that because it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so that's why they're like, well. You know, we unfortunately you can either stick it out here because we'd like to keep you, or you can go to Augusta. Augusta wants you to go and say, "Yeah, I'll go to Augusta." So if I can play, then yeah, I'm going to go to Augusta. So went to Augusta, Georgia. Georgia. It, well, how how was hockey down south? What did you think down there? Well, so I mean, I really hadn't spent at that much at that point much time in the states past let's say, like, Minnesota, you know, like, I, unless I went to, like, Chicago or something like that for a hockey tournament or somewhere just, like, for the weekend, yeah. I really hadn't been in the States a whole lot, and uh, so then I got sent down south to Augusta, Georgia, and, man, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was an eye-opening experience, because, I mean, playing in Augusta itself, I mean, well, where we were, Actually, where our uh, condos were, where we stayed, was uh, literally a two-minute drive from uh, the Masters, the Augusta course. 
Augusta oh, yeah. National. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you so it's weird the way it's set up because it's literally like in like the heart of the city and the city it's almost like the city's built around it. Um, but there's this huge, you know, like twelve foot high bamboo fences and stuff like that, so you can't see anything in there. You can just kind of see one dog leg off of uh off, I think it's number eight. I think it is off the highway. You can kind of just see the way it's shaped, but you just can't see the actual fairway or anything itself. But uh, yeah, Augusta it was a good place. Lots of really friendly people down there. Well, and just uh, yeah, like just take me into your like you know um, you, you know your first pro season. You know you had, you had thirteen tilts, and uh, you know you're you're you know you're now now you're getting paid. You're a pro now. What was the what was the step up like from junior to the to to the to the to the pro ranks? Um, well, with the East Coast League, so the East Coast League, um, it, it was still like it's and it is now too, but it's it's a younger league too, right? So it is literally almost like to me, it seemed like uh, Ju- kind of junior two junior two point it pretty much it really did you know like there were some older players there's a lot bigger guys and stuff like that so yeah i mean it it didn't seem but other than having like uh having a few players in the team that had like had kids or families already um you know like it didn't seem a whole lot different um except now yeah and i'm living on my own i don't have billets anymore which was which was nice yeah but uh, yeah, no. The uh, I, there's there's we were talking earlier about having uh, footage from uh, you know like the early days of when I was playing and stuff like that. And there's there's one fight um, from my rookie year uh, where I fought this. Uh, he was a European guy, but he was uh, he was a gritty gritty player. He fought quite a bit. His name was Yon uh, Yon Vadraska. Yep. Yep. Is that was yeah, yeah. 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 So, anyways, yeah. So I, I had fought him one game, and uh, man, I I have I have a couple pictures from it, um, but I I don't never seen actually any none like no footage or anything like that. And uh, but that was one of those like I I don't think I missed one time when I threw a punch, and he just stood there and ate all of them, and I was like, oh my god. What is going to happen? Like my hands are going to break before he's going to fall. But uh, it was a really good fight. He was a tough, he was a tough, tough man. And uh, that was one of that was like that's a fight I'll never forget. Well, you had like Chris Barch, Eric Node, and Lane Manson, or Lane, yeah, Lane Manson, and yeah, yeah and uh, uh, Brandon Coulter, and yeah, I mean, you had uh, yeah, a, bu- a bunch of tilts that year. Um, well, and then you, of there course, was, then, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, and these ones, uh, <clears throat> in, once I got to Augusta, and you know what, maybe a little bit with Sarnia, too, um, that's when they started to be a lot more staged, not as much in the moment kind of thing. Like, um, that's the one difference I found is that, you know, there was a lot of, hey, you want to go, hey, you want to go, you want to do this? Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go. Um, instead of always just, you know, being in a battle kind of situation. That's what I found once I started stepping into the pro ranks, is that it's a lot more okay. Hey, you want to go and just kind of do? I'm like, all right. Did you, did you find that harder to do? Uh, 
Yeah, because, uh, again, like, uh, I wasn't, I mean, now, at this point, I'm, I'm accepting the fact that, you know, fighting's a big part of my game now, right? Like, yeah. it, I'm all, I've obviously been fighting more and more as the years went on, so uh, at this point, yeah, I know I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of funny the first couple times I did it because I'm just like this. This seems silly, but uh, it's 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 a lot easier if you're just able to get into from a, from battling in front of the net or something like that. It's easier to be able to get into it and start fighting that way than to square up and stuff like that because there's just so much that runs through your head. Uh, you know, so the heat of the moment I prefer, but yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, the staged ones, yeah, you just sit there, and I mean, for me, anyways, I'm like, okay, what's he gonna throw first? Where is he gonna grab? Is he gonna knock me out in front of the boys? You know, like <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah, like I mean, you know, I mean, everybody, um, you know, if I mean, you obviously you fight long enough, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get caught at some point, right? Everyone does. Um, when that happened, did you did you find it hard? Did you want to come back right away and get into one again right away to prove you're okay and you could still do it? Or did you find yourself you were a little gun-shy? Or how did you react to that? Um, it it kind of depends. So uh, there was only really a couple where I got dropped and, you know, like where the the Stortini fight I fought Stortini he dropped me and I well, I was I was fuzzy again he hit me right in the eye socket and I couldn't see anything either so um, there was that time um, and it wasn't until um, I got well, could, tr- I, I, I was playing in Utah and I fought yeah. another guy and, but Dallas, Dallas that, Anderson yeah yeah exactly yeah he uh, he caught me with one and put me down and um, it's it's I try actually. I tried to fight him again that game, but he didn't fight me. But um, <clears throat> I wasn't gun shy per se. It was. It was. It was more. I got a. I. I mean. I. It's. It's going to happen regardless. So it's not like yep. I'm never going to fight again. It was. I was. It was inevitable. It was. It was more. It, it. It wasn't ever about my wins or losses. It was how it affected the boys. Yeah. Right? Like for me, if for me it was like, if I'm if I'm if I'm gonna fight whoever, doesn't matter who it is. If I'm gonna fight this person, it depends on obviously the time of the game, what that person has maybe done to a teammate of mine, or whatever the case may be, right? Or what they do to me. So my my outlook was always, okay, first and foremost, how does it affect the game, and then secondly, how is it gonna look in front of the boys? So. If I'm going to fight somebody and they're much smaller than me, I was well, I was usually a little more nervous because I'm like, if, if I get beat up by somebody smaller than me, the boys are going to be like, "Well, fuck!" Like it's not like you know they're just going to all of a sudden turn their backs on me or anything like that. I never thought like that, but then I'm just like, "Well, how does that look for them? And what does that make them feel like? And does that change the way they're going to play if something like that happens?" Right? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, it was just, it was kind of interesting. Uh, well, yeah, as you were talking about, you, before we get to Utah, um, the, the next year at Augusta, there's a, there's a guy there, 
a teammate of yours, I want to ask you about because there's they told a really funny story about him on Spit and Chiglets actually with Lee Jacobson. Oh yeah, yeah. Was yeah. he was he like a bouncer that just decided to like play? That's the way they told it on Spit and Chiglets anyway. Um, kind of. Yeah, he was uh, pretty much. He he was like a bouncer. Yeah, like worked in a bar, um, boxed a little bit. Um, it's it's kind of like the goon story, actually. Where yeah, yeah. Coach saw, coach saw him in the stands. He's like, we need that guy. Um, yeah, he, he he couldn't skate. He couldn't play. Like he really didn't even fully understand hockey. So the guy, yeah, he was he was. And he was where was he from? He was from was he from New York or something like that? Chicago. Chicago, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I remember him telling stories, and I was like, "Holy fuck, this guy's an animal!" Like this, this guy lives and breathes fighting. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, I'm sure you've seen the the War Al fight, but yeah, that, that was he, a little uh, tough. Yeah, but the guy was game. He was yeah. game, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I saw his name, and I'm like, "Oh, I gotta ask you about this guy." Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was, he was. Uh, <laughs> it was painful to like practice with him and stuff because he, you weren't getting a crisp pass. You, you didn't know if he was taking a pass. You almost had to guide him where to go sometimes. Um, but <laughs> lived and breathed fighting—that's for sure. Well, yeah, um, yeah. He, there's a guy. I got to get him on the show. That'd be an interesting show with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Tell a yeah. few stories. Um, well, like you say, you end up in in Utah, and uh, well, your coach is uh, Jason Smurf, Jason Christie. Smurf. Did you get did you get along with him? Yeah, I got along with Smurf. Yeah, he was uh, he was funny. Yeah, he well, was you got... funny. He was uh, he, he he still he still wanted to be one of the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you... you know, I I got along with him. Yeah, he was a good coach. Well, and then of course you have you know Alfie Michaud was there and uh, Louis Dumont, you know East Coast League's all-time leading scorer and um, yeah, yeah, and uh, a few characters. I'm just kind of looking here. Um, um, Brad Harif, yeah. there's a sass boy. Trevor Baker, was, another yeah. tough dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was skinny, man. I <laughs> oh man, I that he was. Anyways, that has nothing to do with fighting, but yeah, he was very small, but he was very tough. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, well, and then uh, well, I, I just noticed uh, I was going to ask you about somebody else, but I saw Tanner Schultz is there. Yeah, he played for the Blades for a little while. He wasn't there for very long, but uh, yeah. But what was uh, what were your, what was your time in Utah like? Utah was different. It was a different place to be, but yeah, it was yeah. a really nice city. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good team. We had a good group of guys on that team. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of laughs between us with that team. That's for sure. We had some good guys. I I actually I hung out with uh, with Harry the most with Brad Haroff. He was uh, he was tough. I mean, yep. he was another one of those undersized guys and just fought everybody. Just played hard. No, absolutely, and uh, well, and of course, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you had the fight with, you know, as you mentioned, Dallas Anderson, the tough one there, but 
immediately after that, it's like seven days later in Vegas, you, you had a, a, a toe-to-toe with uh, Thomas Belmar. Yeah. That's, and that's another one of those I wish I could see the tape on that one. That was a good tilt. That was uh, a good tilt. I Well, and I believe I have that fight on DVD, actually, because I have the Las Vegas footage from that year, I think, so I'm sure that's on there. So uh, I will check tonight for you after we're done, and I'll put it up on really? YouTube if I got it. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, from what I remember, you what actually what's even funnier is that uh, Mr. T dropped the puck for the game. I don't know if I remember that. Uh, Mr. T, Mr. T was in the house and he dropped the for he dropped the opening puck. But yeah, uh, yeah, me and uh, yeah, I fought. I got in that fight that game, and I remember from what I can remember, anyways, that we it was one of those where you just we were both throwing everything we had from everywhere we had, and we were both just standing in there and just throwing. Yeah, no, I like I said, I'd be really interested to actually see what it looked like. Yeah, and like he's a tough dude, man. That's a big guy, and I mean, of course, he went on and went back and played forever in the Quebec League in the LNAH. And interesting yeah. enough, I mean, I mean, everybody listening knows Joel Terrio. I mean, everyone's seen that guy and all his footage on there and all the fights yeah. that dude's been in. And he said Belmar was like the, the, the toughest guy he ever fought, actually. So you yeah, imagine, right, yeah. well, you imagine Terrio saying that that covers a lot of ground. So yeah, so when Boy, I saw. It, it, when I saw him on your exactly. fight card, I had to ask you. Yeah, and that was another one of those like, no, like I don't need to fight, like I don't need to fight you. But it was actually uh, me and Harry were having we we were having a bit of a penalty minute penalty minute off that year because we were both <laughs> very similar similar in penalty minutes. So any chance you could to grab a few more, you would. But uh, no, I think they were giving it to us that game, and that was one of those. Okay, I got to do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's just get it done. How how are those road trips to Vegas? Those had to be a fun trip. Yeah, they were pretty fun. <laughs> uh, well, any- another. <laughs> uh, go ahead. No, as you say, anytime in Vegas is pretty fun. But yeah, especially mm-hmm. when you're with the boys. Well, no, yeah, absolutely. And, well, another another guy that comes up, and of course he he did it for a long time in the American League, and was uh, and you've actually fought him back to back nights. It looks like um, it was Jimmy Bona. Yeah, in uh, on the Blue Ice, yeah, in Long Island there. Yeah, he's uh, he um, he was one of those guys I kind of took lightly at first. Um, I didn't I didn't know much of him. Um, I didn't really think much of him but uh definitely one tough guy for sure yeah um and now we just the first fight the first fight was uh it was a real off balance fight i think i remember between the what between the two of us and i think the second fight went much better but uh yeah he's 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 big too though right yeah really yeah very well the so after you're done up in utah there we're you know it's it's um uh, 2000 tick, 2006, 2007. You're you're 23 years old. Um, what were you, and you end up in uh, Port Huron. What uh, in the United League or the new IHL, whatever they were calling it at that time? It'll always be the United League to me. But um, yeah. Um, what? How did you end up there? And uh, yeah, how did you end up in Port Huron? So I ended up in Port Huron because. Of my coach Stan Julia, who was my coach in Augusta, 
Yep. And uh, he really liked me, and uh, he convinced me that if I went there, and I'm not saying he was, <laughs> was a ploy or anything, but he's just like, you know, there's two American League teams within you know an hour and a half driving distance of where we are. So you come down here. He goes, I'm going to play the shit out of you. You come down here and you have a good year, then we can try to get you up and get you some American League games. I'm like, okay. And they were offering me offering the most money out of anybody at the time, too. So I was like, yeah, why not? Double bonus. So, uh, yeah, so I went to Portion. <laughs> oh, fuck that city. That city. I mean, the fans were great. The, uh, that city's not that. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, uh there's a strip bar uh what's the fuck's it called um showtimes or i don't know anyways their sign on the sign says there's 50 beautiful women and three ugly ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go rolling into town i've i've made it now here we are <laughs> well and we and we we actually we had to drive past that sign every single day to and from the restaurant or uh, to and from our uh, our where we stayed and where the rink was so we had to drive by steady actually we're speaking of signs actually so i played with uh uh rob snowball which was, which yep. was a monster and he, he was super tough and uh mike Olnick, another super tough guy yeah um, so three of us three of us were on a line which was hilarious and we just you know teams to just dread playing against us Anyways, they uh, they put up a billboard right across the street from the Rippers. They put a billboard up of uh, me, Snowy, and uh, Oli uh, for you know promoting coming to our games and how tough our team is and this and that. And uh, it was brutal because they had me right in the middle of the two guys, right in the forefront. And I had just lost mustache, boy. So I was like two weeks into growing my mustache, and I don't grow a good mustache to begin with. <laughs> so they, the guy, the guy said he had to like digitally enhance my mustache in there so it didn't look so shitty. So that's, that's hilarious. But anyways, yeah, what was it? What did it say? Come and get it or something like that. Anyways, yeah, it was funny. They laughed about that. Ah, uh, so yeah, that was the, the classic was minor league fun. hockey promotions. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. I have a picture of it somewhere. Yeah, it was hilarious. Tremendous. Um, well, yeah. Well, you said you brought up Linux and, and and Snowball, and I mean that was a that was a tough league, man. Like, oh man, just looking at some of the guys in that league, and um, you know, I mean, you got Robin Big Snake there in Rockford, and um, you know, I think uh, you know you had Tid Bull and Ryan Jordy and Frank Littlejohn, and um, McIntyre I mean, was there too. I was about yeah. That, you're reading my notes here. That's my next one. Yeah, McIntyre's in quad, and it's like, uh, well, and then well, Rockford's got Big Snake and Lizon. I mean, yeah. um, you know, and then Kalamazoo, of course, has got McAllister and Willis, and it's yeah. uh, <laughs> what was it like well, playing against? What was it like playing against Willis? And then uh, Anglestead came back at the end of the season. I think he played a couple games somewhere too. More uh, City, yeah. Who else fucking played there? McCarty came down and played a few games. <laughs> like Jesus Christ! Like why can't we get skilled players? Why is it gotta be all these tough guys? Yeah, yeah. They, um, yeah. Well, what was yeah? Like when you're well, well. Like I said, one one of your fights is of course is against uh, well, you fought Curtis Tidball. I mean, and that guy, you know, of course, he was around forever, and he was in Elmira. Yeah. 
Yeah, that guy, was, <laughs> that's another one of those guys that lives and breathes. So I don't know if this is true, but apparently when he was a kid, um, again, this is a story I heard, that, that uh, his dad would get him to go and fight drunk guys leaving the bar when he was like 15, 16 years old. <laughs> wow. I, I don't, again, I don't know if that's true or not, so like I have no facts on that, but I heard that. And I, that was one of the stories I heard. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy that you play against, and I'm like, man, this guy, like, that's, I don't even know how he's on the ice right now because he literally can't play hockey. And he, that's all he, that's all he wants to do all the time is fight. He's not even focused on the game. So it's, it's almost distracting. <laughs> well, like you say, you end up in the LNAH, which is probably a perfect place for him. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, one guy that did do it for a long time and was, a, when was a good player and you took him on was Frank Littlejohn. Yeah. 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 He was, uh, he was one of those guys that, you know, like I had respect for him from the moment we played against each other. I knew he whatever had his reputation and stuff like that, but he just, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't play dirty. He kept, he was one of those guys that literally policed the ice. He kept things in check, you know? Um, so when I fought him, it was just kind of one of those, yep. Okay. Let's just, let's just have a goal. It was kind of inevitable. It was, let's, you know, let's actually, let's see if we can do it. I think mutually, that's the way I looked at it anyways. It was kind of like, it didn't necessarily affect the game too much. It was just more like, hey, let's, let's have a go. And, uh, yeah, but when I fought him, yeah, I remember thinking in the back of my mind, that was another one of those things where I'm like, man, I can't let this guy beat me in front of the boys. Only because I'm just bigger than him. That's purely the only reason. Um, obviously, he's very tough. He's very skilled. And he's, he's beat up a lot of people. But um, I just, that was my mindset that whole time. And I remember... I remember thinking, man, if I just hit him with one of these, that's going to be the end of it. And I fell, I think, two or three times just because I was just trying to throw so much behind it that it just threw me off balance. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's uh, definitely a tough dude, and uh, um, yeah. Well, so yeah, you know, so so Port Huron. I mean, it was you know, bit of a bit of a rough uh, up and down year. You guys, you know, you made the playoffs, but. Um, you know, route in the first round, but uh, I'm just looking after that. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're like I said, you're bouncing around, and it's off to the Central League. All right, guys, I think we'll stop it right here. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to part one with Colt King. Uh, like I said, Colt was a great guest, a lot of fun to talk to, and uh, we will pick this back up on Sunday, uh, where we go to uh, we take the ride to Rapid City and championship with Colt, and then across the pond to the. Uh, play for the Sheffield Steelers and then back, uh, back to North America, uh, to play, uh, in Missouri and, uh, some interesting stories coming. Let me tell you. And, uh, yeah. So we'll talk to you guys on Sunday for part two with Colt King. Thanks everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?